This is the High School Football America podcast for July the 2nd, 2020. I'm Jeff Fisher. The High School Football America podcast is brought to you by GameStrat, America's premier sideline instant replay system with outstanding reliability and faster speed than huddle. Plus, GameStrat has awesome customer service along with different plans priced right for every coach's budget. And right now, GameStrat is extending its offer for discounts of up to $200, which means it's cheaper than Huddle Sideline, plus GameStrat is making it risk-free. If you make the switch now and there isn't a 2020 season, your money will roll right into 2021. That means there's no risk and you can't beat that, but you have to act by the end of the July 4th holiday. To get a demo, go to GameStrat or click on the GameStrat banner ad located on every page of HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. Heading to the state of New Jersey, longtime listeners of uh, High School Football America's radio show and podcast know that I grew up on the Delaware River in eastern Pennsylvania, and uh, that uh, gave me the, uh, the the really great opportunity to not only cover Pennsylvania football, but New Jersey football. As uh, One of my very first games as a broadcaster was in Phillipsburg, New Jersey, the winningest high school football program in the state of New Jersey. A lot of great football uh, being played there, and uh, over the last couple of days, you've been seeing it on the website. Lots of states starting to make decisions on the 2020 high school football season as it relates to COVID. Uh, Arizona, Tennessee have made the official um move to uh, delay the start of the seasons. But before all that happened, New Jersey was kind of in the lead, canceling, unfortunately, week zero. And uh, right now we have John Jacobs, the commissioner of the New Jersey Football Coaches Association, one of the top associations in the country on the line to talk about that decision. We're also going to talk some good football here from the Garden State because I love it. There are lots of talent has come out of the Garden State through the years. And uh, coaches on the line here to talk about uh, COVID and uh, and, and promote the, the, the state of football in the Garden State. Welcome to the show, Coach. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Yeah, let's let's uh, kind of dive into the the here and now. As I said last weekend, you guys uh, uh, made the uh, the announcement that uh, week zero is now gone. You're going a week later, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of things that take place between now and the next time you make an announcement. But let's let's kind of just start with that. What what kind of led to the decision uh, to 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 this early make the decision not to play week zero and push everything back a week as far as opening camps and that. Yeah, I think um, I, I think it was done out of necessity. Um, the NJSCA had put to, uh, had put together two task force. One is a uh, sports advisory task force uh, to deal with COVID, and then the other one is actually like a COVID uh, advisory task force. And uh, you know, there's a really there's a lot of really you know smart people, a lot of really well versed people on both of those committees. Um, you know, I don't think it was a decision that they took lightly, mm-hmm. uh, but I think certainly one that was necessary, given that um, it appeared that uh, a lot of school districts weren't necessarily all sort of aligned in their, uh, you know, vision of what the summer was going to look like with regards to high school athletics. So, you know, with facilities and, 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 and preparation for, you know, for, for teams to be there, for players to be there on, on, on the facilities, on the, on the school grounds. Um, you know, you got to remember schools haven't, uh, you know, housed students since, you know, March. So, right. 
like I said, while while I think uh, you know they, they they certainly wish they didn't have to, I do I do think it was a necessity, and I think all those factors coming out of different uh, you know schools from different regions of the state, um, you know, sort of not being able to be aligned, which is understandable, uh, sort of led to that decision. Sure, uh, and I, and I think, like you said, I think that uh, we're going to have to be flexible moving forward. Uh, you know, our our executive director has been transparent with the state in in you know, clearly stating, you know, through uh, through memos and through communications that, you know, hey, this is going to be fluid and uh, our season is not going to look the way that we would expect it to. And, you know, we're probably going to expect more changes along the road. Yeah, and, and safety is first. That is the, the first and foremost thing for all of our kids and our coaches, obviously. John Jacobs on the line, the New Jersey Football Coaches Association. Obviously, you guys have a, a major role to play in this. And um, tell me a little bit about and I've heard this from the other coaches that are on the line, right? Um, coaches are, are are people that work within systems anyway, right? From from practices and games and all that. Um, tell me a little bit about the role of the association in, in helping coaches, you know, figure out this system, which obviously, as I've been joking throughout these conversations over the last couple of months, there's no, you know, handbook that goes to the coach, right? When you, you take over the HC position, they don't say, well, if you have COVID, here's what you do. So what's kind of your role you're t- taking with the coaches to make them know, you know, in addition to communication from the state uh, athletic association, all that, how to kind of get this together and get their program to the point where it's able to move forward whenever this next step comes along. Well, it's it's uh, it's funny you say that because this Monday actually is uh, we've been running um, weekly clinics. Uh, our association we run a weekly clinics and uh, they've been a real valuable resource for our association uh, member coaches from our association. We, you know, we have a, we have a wealth of, uh, of not, you know, you reference the talent in our state of players. And, and I assure you that, uh, you know, the, the, the coaching talent is commensurate to, to the, to the player talent in our state. Uh, so we kind of draw on the wisdom of our own membership to sort of lean on each other for, for, for these kind of, um, you know, situations. So, uh, you know, we, we created a platform where, you know, coaches can exchange dialogue Monday. We're actually going to have a session where coaches going to come in. Uh, we're going to have a few coaches that are actually going to present, um, some of their thoughts on planning, uh, you know, these, uh, these, these phase one, as we're calling them phase one workouts, which are, are, are going to be challenging to execute because there's a lot of stringent protocol that's been put in place. So uh, we decided to sort of uh, kind of in lieu of a clinic this week, you know, we've been doing like standard football clinics. We've done some panel discussions. Um, this week we're actually going to have coaches um, sort of create, you know, we're going to, we're going to create a small panel of coaches that are going to hopefully open up dialogue to the whole state. So, uh, we kind of have an idea of exchanging thoughts on how we're going to run practices, you know, how this person's running practices. We're going to try to get a multitude of uh, different size schools so that, you know, smaller group one schools can hear what smaller, you know, because every, every, with every school size is going to bring different challenges. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's one way that we're looking to sort of lean on each other to get through these times. And um, more from an overall standpoint, um, where we kind of fit into the puzzle of, of this landscape of New Jersey, you know, high school athletics with football in particular is, uh, you know, we're, 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 we've, we've built a pretty good relationship with all the, all the, all the decision makers, you know, and, um, that's kind of, uh, 
kind of offered us a uh, kind of earned us a seat at the table with regards to being able to, you know, give our input um, uh, with regards to policy legislation and, and even situations like this. Uh, you know, we feel uh, very welcomed by, by, by the NJSIA and by various athletic directors who uh, represent the leadership of the conferences around the state. So uh, that, that sort of gives a, a broad picture of kind of how we function as an organization. Sure. And, and I know when we talked yesterday offline, we were kind of, you know, joking about how there's the follow the leader mentality when it comes to certain things in sports to begin with. And, and I know you've been watching around the country what's happening. I mentioned at the top, Arizona and Tennessee have already delayed. You guys have, have knocked off week zero. Uh, Texas last night suggested that, um, you know, because of the July 4th holiday, stop summer workouts. This morning I read South Carolina's governor said, you know, in, in, unless something changes, there's nothing that's going to happen. And then I saw the, the governing body there has has instituted penalties uh, to try and even the playing field to make sure there's no illegal practices and all that. So I, I, I lead that all up into the question of, and we know the coaching fraternity is good at borrowing, right? Whether it's system schemes, all all that sort For of sure. stuff. How, how much uh, are, are you paying attention to what's going on around the country? And are you having any conversations, uh, you know, outside of uh, the Garden State, uh, seeing what people are doing good, bad, and all that to kind of implement that into what you guys want to support and, and push on to the state organizations? Yeah, um, we've been lucky. Myself and a couple of members of, uh, of, of our executive committee of the NJFCA, um, we've been fortunate enough to be um, a part of the uh, alliance. So we have a national alliance that basically represents um, every state, every football state association. Um, and the, the, uh, there's been a They've done a Rob Younger. He's out in Oregon. He's uh, he does a real good job of sort of um, mobilizing uh, all all these all the head leadership of state associations to to have uh, like these benchmark meetings. We actually have one today at four o'clock, um, and everyone sort of gives a state of the state and uh, sort of exchanges uh, exactly what you said. You know, do some some in, in classic coach fashion. You know, a lot of borrowing <laughs> from each other. And, um, you know, we, we kind of look to hear what they're, how they're collaborating with their st- state associations. We kind of give them input on how we're doing ours. And that's been a really good platform for, for, for creativity. Um, so hopefully, you know, today I'm sure we're going to get some more news. Um, I have uh, friends that coach in other states. So, you know, I, I kind of try to reach out to them. Uh, I know Louisiana's, you know, ha- having a little bit of an uptick in, in the virus as well. And then there was, um, I believe, that recent announcement from the governor in uh, Michigan mm-hmm. uh, making a request for, for, for football to go to the spring. So, you know, we'll see. Hopefully, maybe we're going to, you know, maybe we'll get some new insight this afternoon. But it, it seems to be a constant holding pattern at this yeah, point. Yeah, and, and then there was some good news yesterday. I, I'm, a, I'm a glass half full guy, and, and I thought the uh, the announcement, and I live in Georgia, as you know, uh, the Georgia High School Association is, is actually going in the opposite direction, I think, of the majority, where they are going to allow some one-on-one drills, maybe some seven-on-seven. That's after the dead period here after July 4th. Um, and, and maybe this is asking you more of a personal opinion, but when you see that, does that give you hope? And where is it? Are you are you a half flat, you know, half full guy or a half empty guy when it comes to that? And I'll I'll let you take it from the personal standpoint and the New Jersey Football Coaches Association guy standpoint. Um, I, on, on a personal standpoint, I am 
you know, I'll, I'll be a half, I'll be a half full guy until they tell us we can't get on the field, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, we're, we're just trying to maintain a positive outlook with, with every, you know, every inch they give us. So uh, certainly that, that's my personal standpoint on that. Uh, and yes, it is encouraging when I hear uh, about other states kind of, kind of progressing forward. And, you know, I think it does give you a little bit of hope. Um, with regards to, you know, our stance in the NJFCA, I think that, um, you know, again, I, I, I think our organization sort of has a similar stance. Right. Uh, obviously, we're coaches. We're eager, you know, and our coaches are eager. They, they want to get with their players. They want to get with their coaches uh, for, for a lot of reasons. And they're not selfish reasons. A lot of them are just motivated by uh, our concern over the kids being away from unstructured environments for so long. Um, you know, that, that, that's really – that's the thrust of the conversations that I have with most of the coaches is – you know, we just we're, we're concerned about our kids. Um, you know, that's a long, it's quite a longest period of time that a lot of these kids have have, have been isolated from kind of these kind of, you know structured environments with with coaches and players. Yeah, sure, they may be with you know pockets of kids here and there, but you know, you know as well as anybody, there's there's nothing that can replace the the chemistry that's developed with with an entire team and a coaching staff. So. Um, while it's encouraging, you know, uh, we, we, we kind of still keep longing for, you know, more steps of progress forward. But I think by the same, by the same token, we understand the, the need for adaptability with, with something this unknown. Yeah, and, and you know, I had a conversation with uh, Gary Silvestri. G- Gary's a New Yorker by uh, by heart and where he grew up, and he's the the uh, AD down here in Milton, Georgia. Very good program. And one of the things that that he taught that I brought up to him, and he brought out, and I'd like to kind of pose this to you because. I just don't think this is getting talked about enough. And again, everything is prefaced with safety first for the kids and everything's there, right? But I I think there's a conversation that's not being had all that much, at least in the media, which is if you flip-flop football, let's just say, to the spring, or you cancel it, uh, there is a long range long reaching effect right on the on the i'm sorry on the economic side not the academic side it's obviously there too but on the economic side because football drives so much of high school athletics from gate receipts and all the other things that go along with it what what's the chit chat there in new jersey about that i mean is that something that's first and foremost right behind making sure everybody's safe to be honest with you it's not and and i and i I know this just from sort of having a pretty, as you know, as the years go on and you coach for so many years and you do some traveling and play some out of state games and get to know uh, coaches in other states. And and it's funny, you you know, you're down South. So that, that will resonate with more people in other regions of the country um, where I'm I'm well aware that, that, that gate sales become a real, uh, real prominent component of, of finance for schools and to be it's not as prevalent in a place like new jersey number one hmm. um it, it, yeah it's not you'd be surprised you know like we've had you know i'm i'm aware that other states uh, and, and this is something i learned years ago you know other states that you know if there's you know there's there's a you know percentage of gates that that sometimes are given to teams that are agreed upon contracts to play each other um that, that's something that really doesn't happen uh, much in our area so, um, no, it, it's not really as prevalent 
obviously it's extremely prevalent in the collegiate landscape, you know, and listen, it's a serious thing. Um, you know, I, I think, I think discussing that doesn't mean that you don't care about the health and safety of people. I just think it's part of the discussion. I think it's inevitable when you're talking about, um, you know, that, that volume of, of, of money, that volume of, uh, finance that, like you said, you know, really dramatically impacts so many other facets of a school. Yeah. So, well, all, all high school uh, sports it, it, up is here important. in New Jersey, I can't say up here in New Jersey, I can't say it's really been, uh, you know, a strong part of the narrative. Yeah. Well, and, and that's why we have these shows, because it gives everybody around the nation an opportunity to hear what's going on in, in various states. Uh, we're talking with John Jacobs, commissioner of New Jersey uh, Football Coaches Association. And let's kind of flip out of uh, all the COVID talk here and, 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 and promote the uh, the sport there in, in the state, which, as you heard me say at the beginning, I, I respect it tremendously. I grew up, you know, with the great coaches at Phillipsburg, Bob Stem, Phil Rom, Bruce Smith, still my friend, you know, uh, to this day it it's it's a state that i love and i i'm old enough to remember that uh, you know everybody used to complain in new jersey that uh, football was leaving jersey and going and playing in happy valley but uh, you got a coach there at rutgers right now that uh, pretty darn good and i'm sure i, I i've seen some articles uh, where you've commented on that you you're a big, big supporter of uh, greg Schiano coming back to rutgers uh, talk a little bit about um you know football in the state in general right now on the high school level like you said you've got a large swath of size because of some of the the big urban areas and all that but uh where would you put the uh, as you put on your chamber of commerce hat if you will ambassador at uh new jersey high school football at this point in general i, I think and uh, listen i think uh, i think college coaches all over the country that come here to recruit would attest that for for a state our size uh you know as small as we are you know geographically although we're densely populated uh you know i i think that you know, our, our, our football is second to none. Uh, you know, obviously that the, the culturally football probably is a, a, a little more prevalent in in other States. You know, I, I think that uh, if you're, if you're, if you're looking at a, if you're looking at it objectively, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's fair to say that, you know, and, and, you know, some other States, it's a little bit more, you know, high school football particularly is, is, is ingrained in the fabric of the culture in a lot of places. Um, not that I would say it's, it's not a strong part of, of our identity here in New Jersey. It's just the Northeast just tends to be a little bit different. There's just, um, you know, culture, there's just, there's, there's just more going on. So, um, I would, I would, you know, you have, you know, you, you know, you're surrounded by New York, you're surrounded by, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an entertainment fashion type capital of the world. So there, there's some, you know, other, other areas of culture that get a lot of attention, but it certainly gets its, its fair amount. But as far as the football itself goes, um, yeah, I, I think most coaches around the country that come here and recruit our players uh, would say that, that, that our players are, is, is, you know, our, our elite players are as good as anywhere as elite players. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I think that, uh, I think that, our coaches are proud of that. I think our players know that. Um, and I do think our football community feels the same way. 
Yeah. And one of the th- questions I always get from people that uh, know I'm a, a PA Jersey guy is, uh, what the heck's up with not having a state championship? I know you're kind of you're kind of crawling toward that true <laughs> New Jersey state championship, but people want to know, how can you call a sectional championship a state championship? So I- I'll let the guy that's part of the New Jersey Football Coaches Association define that. I usually do a pretty good job, but for the people around the country that want to know what, what you guys do there and what you're working toward, can you give that a shot? Well, I mean, to answer your first question, you know, what, you know, you call the state championship because that's all they give you. You know, if that's the la- <laughs> if that's the last game they give you on the schedule, they kind of given teams no choice for a lot of years. So that's kind of, you know, I, I guess the best way to answer that is, um, I guess it would be unfair to not give kids the opportunity to be titled the state championship if you're not if you're literally ending their season and telling them that's the last game they could play yeah so while philosophically i agree with you and i think most coaches do um you know for a lot of years it was just kind of based on past practice and 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 probably more an issue of uh our calendar and a reluctance to uh you know disrupt the football calendar uh, you know because of the fact that, you know, you have some other variables like winter athletics uh, following it and, and the, you know, the, the lack of desire to, dis- to disrupt that season any further with an, you know, with an extended week. Uh, we moved on to the, um, to the regional games, which, like you said, and, you know, you're one step away basically from, um, you know, uh, an overall state championship. And uh, my get- there, there's going to be a vote. Uh, it was actually supposed to take place, but COVID held it off. Uh, the NJSA will hold a membership vote. Um, I, I would assume somewhere in the fall uh, when they can fit it in. I know that right now that's not, a, you know, obviously not yeah. one of their top priorities, yeah. understandably so, where they're going to vote again to amend the Constitution to allow football to play to um, a group champion. Uh, hopefully, It hasn't passed yet. Hopefully this time we're going to – we feel pretty good that it's gained some traction and we will. And then from there – um, you know, we've made it clear, uh, you know, the, the language in that proposal. I know the NJSA has made it clear to their membership that uh, the actual vehicle or mechanism that would be used to arrive at that champion uh, would not be enacted without, um, you know, a membership vote, which is something kind of unique this time around. And I think that uh, that'll be one of the factors that will, uh, I think, I think give us a good chance to have it be voted uh, voted in. Yeah. So. Interesting. Cool. We're hoping. Look forward to that vote. And, you know, I, I think that's a good dovetail into one of my favorite things that I talk about on the podcast here and write about on the on the website every year is Turkey Day football, Thanksgiving football. Uh, as you can imagine, I grew up on Easton Phillipsburg. I still go back when I visit mom at Thanksgiving and, and check out that game. I, I love Turkey Day football. I think it's, it's a great thing. It's a Northeast thing, right? And, uh, you know, certainly that comes into play when you're talking about adding, adding games or a week or whatever it may be. But uh, it, it seems like the numbers have dropped through the years, at least in Jersey. I, I still think it's as big maybe in, in the New England states like Connecticut and Massachusetts. But uh, it, it, what do you feel about the, the, the going away of, of Turkey Day games? I mean, are you a tradition guy? Are you like, ah, let's, let's move on? That, that was then and this is now. Uh, and, and maybe give, give people around the country, instead of my voice just always bragging about the importance of Turkey Day football, what, how you feel about it. Well, I'll give you two perspectives. First of all, from the association's perspective, when we had dialogue, you know, when we were uh, 
we were asked to give our input regarding, uh, you know, the potential of playing a group champion. And obviously, you know, I, I feel strongly that one of the, I think one of the first areas that you have to address is Thanksgiving if you're going to talk about a group champion. So um, it's, it's, it's appropriate that you bring this up following the discussion about, um, you know, working to an overall champ. Because one of the, and I failed to mention earlier that one of the other caveats is that um, we wouldn't even um, consider a plan that would place Thanksgiving teams in a compromising situation. In other words, mm. um, any, any, any model that, that we propose or any model that, that we work on, um, the first consideration will be that, that our Thanksgiving teams aren't placed in a compromise where they would have to choose between a Thanksgiving Day game or a playoff game. And um, having been you know, looking at this for so many years and being around so many smart people, there's absolutely ways that can get done, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, to answer it on a personal level, um, you know, ironically, I grew up in one of the, one of the longest-running Thanksgiving Day games. So as a kid, it did mean a lot to me. I did enjoy it. Uh, it was a Roselle Park-Roselle game. Um, and then for a couple of years, it, it, they took off, and then now they're back up and running again. So, uh, you know, the, the, I, I, uh, I see the personal attachment that people have to it, and I see the value of it to communities. So from that standpoint, I, I, yeah, I, I fully support the notion of, of protecting the sanctity of those games. Uh, as a coach, I'd be lying if I said, you know, I'm not crazy about it as a coach. Um uh, you know, at this point in my life, um, <laughs> you know, but, 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 but listen, I understand the value of it and certainly believe in protecting, um, the, the, the tradition, uh, you're on the money. It has the, the number of, of Thanksgiving day games do seem to be decreasing as the, as the years go on. Um, we've had a couple of long standing games, uh, decide to abort those Thanksgiving Day games, and they're playing them on like a different week. Yep. So, you know, and then some people say, "Oh, the rivalry's still there," and then other people still are traditionalists, and they feel like, ah, you know, we kind of lost that 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 feel. There's a difference. Kids are coming home from college. Uh, you know, you know better than anybody. I've 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 been to uh, two of those Phillipsburg Eastern games. After seeing that, I tell a lot of people after going to that game, and I and I truly mean this, it changes your perspective on Thanksgiving Day games. Yeah, I think I think anybody who's a who's a who who doubts the value of those games should attend at least one Phillipsburg Easton game. So there's your plug. For yeah, <laughs> and and as the Jersey guy, you put Peberg first, which is always the big debate in our community. It's usually Easton Phillipsburg. I love it. I love it, John. <laughs> no, and so do I. And 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 let's dovetail. And by the way, we're talking with John Jacobs, uh, New Jersey Football Coaches Association commissioner. There, I, I, I mentioned some of the great uh, Phillipsburg coaching names, and um, you know, I've, I've come to become good friends with guys that are now on uh, Greg Schiano's staff, Nunzio Campanelli and uh, Augie Hoffman. And I, I just wanted to you know bring this up because, and again, whenever I say this, I know people will give me some crap and you know say I'm slighting other states. I think the profession in general is incredible. It never gets enough um, compliments. People don't understand what high school football coaches go through. It's no longer a a four month a year job like it used to be when I was a kid back in the seventies and all that. I mean, there's there's pressure from fans and all that. But I I just wanted to let you talk a a 
little bit about uh, New Jersey coaches because, uh, you know, uh, like we said, the players are great. There's no doubt about that. Maybe, you know, a little different state to state, but you guys have some good ones there. Tell us a little bit about the profession and how you guys work so hard to make sure that you guys have quality guys that are taking care of the student athletes. Um, I, I think it just, you know, I think it's just kind of carried on from just a long steeped tradition in our state. And, um, I, I think, you know, so much has to do with, um, just so many innovators throughout different generations in New Jersey, high school football, you know, from North Jersey to central Jersey to South Jersey, um, you know, guys my age in the forties can, you know, can reference so many iconic coaches that they remember as a kid. And then the guys from those, those generations could, could, you know, they'll recall these iconic coaches, uh, you know, that were a generation above them. And, um, I think it was such a willingness to collaborate. You know, if you grew up in certain areas in the state, you know, you remember, Every, you know, you 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 you're, you kind of ran an offense that basically came off of this coaching tree, or a defense that came off of this coaching tree, and you would have whole counties of of teams, you know, utilizing the same kind of you know teaching techniques and 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 numbering systems and and call systems um, because guys were so collaborative and and they were so willing to um, you know share their knowledge with other coaches regionally. So I think, um, you know, I think what, what, what we were we were the real beneficiaries of a lot of just iconic coaches, you know, all the way back from the '60s, '50s, and '60s, uh, who passed their knowledge down onto guys that you know, then later on into the '80s and '90s, and then sort of leads us to where we are today. And I and I feel really good that um, this generation generation of coaches is. Is is willing to provide that 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 same level of mentorship to guys coming up. So yeah. I, I think uh, you know it's been it's 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 a real prideful tradition, uh, you know, based on uh, on a lot of um, on on a lot of sharing of ideas. And then just to wrap things up, uh, I touched on it earlier. I know you were uh, vocal about whether or not Shiano should come to uh, Rutgers and all that, and uh, you obviously have him. And uh, to kind of make the umbilical cord connection there, how important it is to have a guy like a Greg Shiano at, at, at your state university at Rutgers uh, as it relates to high school football. I think it's a good thing. I'm just curious what, what you feel about how you feel about it. It's a great thing. And obviously, you know, a lot of us, including myself, know Greg personally, um, have have a pre-existing relationship with him. Uh, you know, aside of how I feel about him personally, uh, you know, speaking objectively, it was it was it was just extremely important for us to get him back because of how this state operates. Uh, it, it, it's, it, it, I think it's, I think you're, I think it's hard pressed to find somebody to come in here who doesn't really understand, doesn't have a good, um, you know, background of, of, of working knowledge about how this state operates when it comes to high school football. Um, it, it's, although it's such a small state, very densely populated, it, you know, there's there's some regionally. There's we're a very regionally diverse state, and you know how how things are, are, are approached with regards to you know education in one corner of the state. You know, tend to be you know very different than than other areas of the state, and and sort of the, the you know the challenges that one area of the state um, you know experiences 
is is a lot different than others. And then you have, um, you know, there's a lot of football schools for such a small state. You know, you're talking about 340 schools, I think, that we have that play football. Um, sort of, you know, to understand the inner workings of, of how our youth programs work, um, how our, our conference leadership works, and, um, you know, sort of being able to, 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 to connect with, uh, with, with, with Jersey football coaches, Jersey athletic directors, Jersey administrators. I think it takes a real unique, you know, working knowledge uh, that, that you're hard-pressed to get without having some level of experience here. Yeah. Um, Greg, to, you know, to, to, uh, to many of us, um, and, and that's why I, I felt comfortable making those statements to the media, you know, back when we were going through those issues, uh, when we were transitioning from uh, Coach Ash, um, because we, we, we really felt strongly that, you know, we, we kind of had one chance to get this right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, th- this was our chance. And, and, and you know, Greg's uh, requests, you know, I, I think when we looked at them, you know, reasonably, everyone saw, you know, they were – they were not unreasonable for, for, for the, for the amount of work, um, you know, that, that doing a job like this entails. So, um, we certainly needed him back. Um, he understands New Jersey football. He understands the landscape of New Jersey football. He's an outstanding recruiter. You're talking two of the best football minds in the history of the sport. Um, you know, hired him, you know, Bill Belichick and, and, and Urban Meyer hired oh, yeah. <laughs> him and, 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 and speak emphatically, on, on, on his ability to coach football and his ability to, re- to recruit and connect with people. So, uh, you know, that, that, that's why we feel really good about him being back here. Well, he did it one time before. No doubt that he can do it again. Uh, coach, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to, to let the listeners around the nation know what's going on in New Jersey, whether it's COVID or beyond. And just one quick, you don't have to make a long answer this here uh, on this question, but, it, it, you know, where, where, is, where are you right now? You're a half-full guy, but, I mean, what, what do you think, very succinctly, the 2020 high school football season may look like in New Jersey? Very simply, I think like a lot of other states, I think, uh, you know, first, I'm, I'm still a half ball guy. Like I told you, I will be until they tell us they can't play. But uh, just to echo the, the sentiments of our, of our executive director and I think leadership around all states, I, I, think that, I, think that we'll, I think that we will work towards having a football season. I, I think we all have to be clear that it's going to look very different than it ever has in the past. Yep. Well, Coach, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it and uh, wish you nothing but uh, uh, good, good things in New Jersey this year. So thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me, Jeff. The High School Football America podcast is brought to you by the great new app, Small Player Big Play, an age-appropriate sports-focused social media platform that's designed to showcase and connect young athletes, their parents, coaches, and friends. On Small Player Big Play, young athletes get the ability to utilize the app and share interests and accomplishments on a very safe and highly secure social media platform. And this is some great stuff. It's featuring live stream with game day highlight clips and here's the one I like lucrative fundraising opportunities for your school and your team download the small player big play app on Google Play and the Apple App Store I'm Jeff Fisher and you've been listening to the High School Football America podcast